an apology, more tipping, and morning routine. All of this and more on today's Brilliant Observations. Do, 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 do. The girl who can't sing does the. <laughs> I love it. Maybe you're going to win an Emmy. Why, <laughs> why is it that the tone deaf one who couldn't carry a tune in a bucket with eleven handles is the one who do 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 do's, and you who have this incredible voice just sit there and watch the lunatic on the other screen? You're not a lunatic. I loved that Emmy Award winner <laughs> who sang and belted out her whole dealio, and it was fantastic. So sing it, sing it, sister. When it comes from the hot, hot, it always sounds Ni- great. Nice hot. From the hot. Nice hot. It came from the hot. How are you, Melissa? I spent a weekend with Amy. Yeah, 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 Should yeah, really yeah, yeah. be the title of a movie or a series that <laughs> is reoccurring. It's a horror genre. Yep. <laughs> No, no, sir. Listen, dear listener, to those of you out there with small or smaller children, I have seen the promised land. I have glimpsed the road to Shambhala. There, there is a time or a place where your children meet up, pair up, square up, pay up, live up to their hopes and dreams. And Amy and I have seen it. And it's possible. And now... I honestly feel like that's what at least I am living for. I I completely agree. We're discussing, of course, the nuptials that we were, frankly, profoundly moved to witness and be a part of, of college friend, very small ceremony. We had to hike to the fucking place out in the middle of nowhere, God's country, right? And it was the, the elder statesman of our college group's eldest child, right? The first. She's the first. She's a very shiny penny. So there was a lot of expectation, period. And holy fuck, God was like, damn. I mean, this was a thing. This was a fucking thing. It was difficult to appreciate how fantastic it was because it was so overwhelming. There were vibrations of gratitude and love that were it's hard to even talk about it because even the surroundings had the most majestic view and on top of being the most majestic view you'll ever seen high up in the mountains in New Hampshire, it happened to fall on something called a harvest moon. So spectacular sunsets are a dime a dozen out there. And this was the most spectacular sunset because the moon agreed to participate. Their family has relatives who have passed on and regularly appear to them in the form of a hawk. Like they just believe that when they see a hawk, that's grandma, right? And so in the picture with the three children, the bride and her two siblings, magically in the most get-alongable moment where they're all smiling and giving this sort of hug group cheer, we're the most beautiful, picture-perfect, you know, custom color-coordinated with this unbelievable sky as if everyone had planned it, and the picture is fantastic. And days later, you open the picture and look at it, and in the distance is a hawk in the field when you zoom in with the head turned toward the children, just standing in the field. I mean, it was like, I don't, I can't get any more kismet than this. So it's a lot to come down from when you arrive back 
in your home life and you's a tired and everybody needs from you and biting and chomping on you. It's like, did you forget? That we still have love in our heart? Did you forget? We're still full of joy. Did you forget? Shut the fuck up. Oh my God, their fucking vows. (laughs) These little dickhead twerps decided to eschew any traditional marital vows, including like the the person who, the arbiter, whatever the fucker, the person who was matching them up. Why can't I think of what that person is called? I'm just going to The ceremonialist who was putting them together, right? The non-denominational wedder was up there saying it is not up to me to quantify the terms of this relationship so you already know they're young right when they're talking this way <laughs> and then the two of them cut with that shit and start talking about how i'm not even gonna cheapen it i'm not gonna cheapen it i'm not gonna cheapen it by sharing their very intimate vows and it was difficult to absorb it ugly cried like a bitch the whole fucking it was, time it was <laughs> it was just a moment and you don't get a lot of moments in life and that was one of them and it was made so much more special because both of our college friends who happened to marry each other were there blubbering like a fucking whale and couldn't like have a hard time i even have pictures and their eyes are like giant red eyeballs just weeping and they've got nothing they can't talk they would just look at you and open their mouth and go <laughs> so it was you know a glorious you know, and highly emotive time was had by all it's everything you know the dream it's it's the hallmark one because you can't do an outdoor wedding because you can't time it because of the weather and you can't time it because of the location they threw all caution to the wind said we're doing this out of doors we're doing this 10 days into september in the very northeast. In fucking New Hampshire. So I'm thinking, I'm going to be cold. I'm going to be in the mud. A hawk is going to peck my eyes out. Like all kind of stuff is going to happen <laughs> to me. What the hell? Now I got to hike up this gravel dirty road. What the hell? What the hell? It's a bench. Couldn't have been more perfect. We, uh, and all of that shit went by the wayside. And th- it really was a wedding for the young. And they understood the assignment. So all of her, you know, and his team bride and groom, I didn't know this until at the ceremony. This was held at a summer camp where kids go. It, it's the location is a summer camp, so the groom. So there's where the groom's been for thirty. So there's cabins years. and things like this. So the facility itself is sort of nestled in the most pristine spot, and so we use the public spaces there. We use their their gathering cabin for dancing and that kind of crap, right? So okay, so they had all their friends were invited to sleep in the bunks at the camp. So they had a camp weekend. For all of their friends, which to me, nothing could be more horrible sounding. And I was not invited to this, thank God. Oh, no, that sounds amazing. No, but if I were 20 years old and my besties were going to go sit around the campfire and not have to leave and have free-flowing food and booze the whole time and not worry about stumbling around and wake up in the middle. This is glorious. And for me, I got to see the sunset. Somebody hand-delivered my food and I could go home. So it really was everything that I needed, <laughs> right? It was everything that I needed. Just amazing. So, so fantastic. I leaned into my husband and I said, why is this so much better than our wedding? And he said, basically, our wedding was for our parents and their friends and their 15-piece band that they hired for this Colossus, which, by the way, my wedding was killer as an outsider, uh, but 
they did understand the assignment and they invited all of their friends and the small table was family and the other small table were parental friends. The big tables, the joy, the, I honestly felt like, and I think I turned to you and I said, do you remember the end of Mamma Mia when, <laughs> when, so that's when my husband. Yep. You slammed on, they were, ta- they were dancing on the dance floor and the cracks and, and Aphrodite rose through a, through a water fountain, whatever. And well, your husband looked at me and said, I've never fucking seen Mama right. Mia. I'm in this moment of like pure euphoria. One more reason there's, to love you, there's babe. pounding, there's pounding on the floor of this <laughs> gathering space, as Amy called it. And we ate and we danced. And, and as we're like dancing and you feel the, the room rocking, I'm like, oh my God, water's going to. And Brian's like, no. Well, I don't know camp. He's never been to a camp. I've never been to a camp. The, the most camp I've ever been to is with these same people when they had a camp like experience for the first main wedding where for the whole weekend in lieu of them immediately rushing off to a honeymoon, we all the whole party, we went white water rafting and slept on cots on these elevated platforms with things over top, which are like some sort of cabin tent. I don't know. I don't fucking camp. I don't go to camp in the summer. I'm not a Jew. I, so I had no I had no lovey association with a splinter filled bench for my silk dress like that was not the thing where I thought this is going to be great. So but all that flies out of your head when you simply look up and you are staring, frankly, at heaven. I, I don't know. I live in North Carolina where we get some fucking mountains, bitches. So we get and there are the blue ridge. So they are blue like that. So to be in New Hampshire and have that blue and pink and orange and slate oh, gray and hunter green and pale, pale, pale gray to white, pristine, everything, earth to sky. I don't you haven't seen it. I'm just here to tell you. There's no film that's captured this. There's no photograph that you've seen that sets this up. And now I understand to be very, very loving why they all had such a fucking hard on for having it out in this middle of nowhere place. So in there, you said in that tiny little speech, you said, I don't, I'm not a Jew. I don't know from camp. And yeah, that's who sends their kids to camp, by the way, the Jews. So I, I want to tell you a tiny Jewish tie-in. We've talked about tipping on this podcast a thousand times. Even recently with the, what do you mean you don't tip the people at the hotel housekeeping for, when we checked into our hotel, they said, there's no housekeeping. And we're like, ooh, okay. We're only here for a couple of nights. It's fine. I could contain my filth. I can make my own bed. I'll be all right. I, I live like that normally. So special treat and what we paid aside Uh, we're good about it. But I did discover more things about tipping. Um, I also have, as introduced at the beginning, an apology for several people. So I'm going to start it like this. We went for a walk in town because we did go to this adorable town of Wolfboro, New Hampshire, and we stayed at this super great little inn where we just walked downstairs and went to the restaurant and took over the restaurant, all of us from the little table of parental friends. And we just owned it, right? We owned any hotel we've ever walked into. We've literally owned by the end of it. Correct. Figuratively owned, not literally. Correct. So while walking around the town, we discovered the Yum Yum Bake Shop. <laughs> 
which uh, Amy tends to go to a venue a day sooner than everybody else or sometimes as my birthday was proof of a a week before everybody else or uh, even better uh, several days just to get acclimated to mm, uh, in my head it's to to look at all of the menus so you know exactly how to order and where to go and all the things. In fairness I am coming from a further ways away than the rest of you so part of it is for travel and the added bonus is if I'm here I'm gonna figure out when we can fucking go to eat. Okay. And I absolutely fucking love that. (laughs) So walking from the hotel, we just went into this tiny little town, which is right there. So we're walking. (gasps) Gingerbread. I I do like a good gingerbread anything. Cookie, house, whatever. Hey, Brian. Brian, is this a good? Melissa, it is, I would say, the best gingerbread cookie I've ever had in my 50-some years. Well, say nothing else. Say no more. Seriously, say nothing and get the fuck out of my way because I've got to get to the front of the line. So I'll be the judge of that was the only thing I thought in my head. And I went and I tore the fucking head off of that gingerbread cookie and I ate it like I was getting paid millions for it. I know you're on a roll here, but I, I really have to jump in because the gingerbread cookies, guys, they were in the traditional shape of a gingerbread cookie, but smaller than your palm and fingers. So they weren't oppressively sized. They were super soft and chewy, like the best sugar cookie, dusted on the outside with visible, those large uh, demerara-sized sugar granules, like the white sugar granules. They had been pressed on the top so that there was a gingerbread smile and a face and buttons down the front, but it was all chewy, heavy molasses, sweet forward, crisp on the outside sink your teeth all the way through down to the bottom and the slightest hint of a caramel crunch on the bottom from where it sat in the pan because it's just that laden with sugar that's the cookie we're talking about i think i just came (laughs) so as as my teeth went into it and and i felt the distance between my teeth lessen and lessen (laughs) until until they almost squeaked together because it was so soft and sweet. And then that little zing of ginger that comes through. I wanted to cry. He did not oversell these cookies, right? He did not oversell them. It was half the religious experience that wedding was, but it was amazing. So that now what, right? So, okay, that was fucking delicious. I highly recommend if you are find yourself in Wolfboro, P.S., they ship. And don't think I haven't already <laughs> taken care oh, of what I've needed to take care of. I didn't even so, notice. Two aspects from this trip. One, I get to the end of the counter after also adding a donut, a peanut butter cookie. I added everything into this box because it's not just the yum yum gingerbread house, whatever. It, it's a full bakery and it's sublime. I get to the end of the line. I'm about to pay. The guy in front of me is paying and he is going to tip in the tip jar. But the employee turned around to wrap <gasps> the box. Oh. And he waited. Yeah. Hand hovering over the tip jar. He waited mm-hmm. and he waited and he waited until she turned around, hovering, hovering. She s- turns around, still doing something. He goes to put it in. See, she's not looking yet. <laughs> Waits. And then she goes to look for the credit card from him to pay. And then he puts it in, puts the cash in the tip jar. Okay. Valid. I say valid. 
<laughs> sure, sure you do. I need to get credit. People need credit for everything they do. Credit, 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 credit. I credit don't joke, agree a- with that assertion. Oh, my God. He waited 40 minutes to get the credit for the tip so she could see is his it, eyes. Yes, he gets he gets credit for it. But there's another yeah. factor here, which is what I did when I actually, I didn't do that, but I effectively did the same thing. I'll tell you at the end of this little rant that I'm getting ready to say. The point of tipping in that circumstance at counter service with a tip jar wadded with cash on a $2.18 cookie, the point of tipping is to say, I appreciate you. I value this experience. I want you to know that. Nobody's going to make their mortgage payment on a dollar. No, I don't think they know that. Money that's in there? No, I don't think they know that. So that what you're doing when you're leaving the tip is saying an extra hearty thank you. And if you said the extra hearty thank you in the parking lot, where no one could hear it, that purpose is gone. So, yeah, maybe he was self-aggrandizing and and needed to have them acknowledge that he was leaving an extra amount of monetary value on this exchange. For me, I made eye contact with the guy behind. I walked up to the counter, already had my stuff. We had already left. We were on our second trip, by the way. That's how good those cookies were. So, okay. I didn't leave. So I had a couple of bills in my hand. And while he was doing something else, I just stood at the counter and he looked up as if to say, can I help you? And as he was doing that, I raised my hand up to show the $2 and I stuffed it in and he gave a wink. And he went back to what he was doing. So the idea is, thank you. In it goes. Like, that's that wasn't about me saying, look at me, everyone. I'm a tipper. I felt like I wanted him to know, I really thank you twice. Right. With these extra two dollars, two dollars. I don't know. So. I maybe I maybe I've just that's my brain's way of saying. Let's pretend I'm not patting myself on the back. Right. Maybe I'm completely deluding myself. I feel like I was doing it because I wanted him to know the purpose of the tip is I want you to know. Not that there's an extra, not that at the end of the day, when you total up the money in the jar, that's when you'll get your thank you. I want you to know the thank you came from me with my eye contact to the point where I give people thank yous all the time and I don't necessarily give you a tip. So (laughs) it's about the thank you for me. Speak. I'm going to stop you at the I want them to know it came from me part of that experience. That is the credit part to which I am referring. But I don't get credit for that. That's my way of saying, uh, no, no, no. I don't take any. How do you not get credit? You make sure he gives you credit with eye contact, the wink, the nod, the. I don't see that. You are the one who gave this to me. Okay. It's not that, yay, I got money. It's this girl's the one that gave it to me. She needed credit for giving to me and I'm going to give it to her. I don't see how that's a factor. I'm sure that's a factor that is so subconsciously hidden from me that I don't know it. It it doesn't even register what you're saying. I have to think about it hard because it's not. Think about that. I don't know that person's opinion of me is not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is I need to express gratitude to you and I want you to receive the gratitude. That's it. I don't I don't get a star for expressing it. I want them to you know the it. word. Do you know the word Sadaka? It's a Hebrew yeah, he's word. Neil Sadaka. He's a great singer in America. That's he's got Sadaka. a he's got a couple of yellow ribbons around the, the tree and he dead. bangs on the ceiling upstairs. Cause he's got knock three times on my tuchus if you love Tony me. Orlando, I got him. Yeah, I know all those <laughs> chaps. Sadaka is, I mean, it literally interprets to righteousness, but what it is, it's been interpreted as charity. So when little sure. Jewish kids go to Hebrew school, here's a Sadaka box, a pishka. We you used put, to have the word charity in our Catholic thing, and then people didn't get it, so then they changed it to love. 
Oh, I like faith, that. hope, and charity is now replaced with faith, hope, and love. We're not allowed to say charity anymore because charity has gotten a bad rap. So you have to call it love, which charity got a bad right rap. because people were and abusing the, the charity because it was about the, the me 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 me, which I don't fucking title get. of this. Okay, right. So that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. So for Jews, there are like eight different levels of giving. Of right. Yeah. Sadaka. Oh my God! Not a sketchy puzzle you have to do <laughs> with numbers. What is it? Sadaka. Sadaka, yeah. Sadaka. It's been interpreted as charity and they have ascending levels of, of giving, right? So as I'm sure you can imagine, the highest form of giving or one of the highest forms of giving is completely anonymous. Yes. Right? I don't know. Nobody knows where this came from. I don't know who's getting. Do something good and um, don't get caught. Yes. And don't get caught. That's it. I was always like, what do you mean? Like, how are they? When I was little, it was, how are they going to know that I, I gave them that? If the point is, little girl, they don't know it's you. They know some something wonderful happened to them due to the kindness of the lowest form, yet still wildly giving, right? Well, I guess the lowest form is begrudgingly giving. Like, I don't want to tip the fucking, but I was shamed into it and throw a tip down. And But I think feel like if you look at those levels look giving is giving and and that's wonderful and I the whole gift horse in a mouth thing I'm not looking I'm not looking you in the mouth dear gift horse I I take and I give and I whatever but the highest form of giving is probably teaching a man to fish is doing it anonymously so when that guy stood at that counter and was like look here I'm giving you this I thought you know uh, Maimonides would be horrified by what, like these levels. Yeah. Did you like how I threw that in there? I, I, the, I, 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 I. Right. <laughs> so giving, giving anonymously is really the greatest, you know, calling up the, the school at the end of the year. And this doesn't count as me taking credit for shit. So shut up if that's what you're coming at me for. Calling up the school at the end of the year and paying off the lunch bill for like the five or six students that I see, that I know that my kids have seen have just had a balance that they carried and carried. And they're not going to not feed children because they don't have the fucking money for it. But our school district does keep track and send you a bill at the end. And that kind of makes me crazy. And so to be able to do things like that anonymously, I don't say, did you make sure they knew that the brilliance paid off? Or do you make sure they knew that this was paid off by a, I agree with that completely. I practice that as frequently as I can. I know you do. I adopt it wholeheartedly in this particular case. Whatever was going on with that dude waving his bills around and getting the weight (laughs) weight look, right, notwithstanding, in my case, in this instance, it comes down to the tip, the the monetary tip is not the good work. The tip is not the compliment. The contact is the compliment. That's the reason that I want the con- the contact with you. I want to make eye contact. I want you to feel the gratitude from me to you. That's the gift. That's the tip. I'm not looking for acknowledgement of that. That's my gift to you. That's the prize. That's the package. This extra little bit of money is the courtesy because that's what you do and to reinforce it. It's irrelevant. So whether they stuffing it in the jar at the hot dog stand or whatever is not the point. I like that. Like that's why I, like I was that. it, that's that was the exchange for me, right? 
I'm always leaving. I like that eye contact being the point of the tip. His was not. His was. His was. This is the money. This is going in. Everyone in line. Yours was. (laughs) Yours was. I see you. I appreciate you. Oh, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do to do that. Well, and to the point where I wasn't waving the like I waited until I made eye contact and then quick flash of the money. Just it was just between us. It sounds like that other guy was maybe kind of got caught in the headlights and then didn't have the wherewithal to put his hand down. Instead, he had to stand there like. Like he's a fucking <laughs> raccoon when the floodlights go on. I'm not taking when no you op- trash. <laughs> when you open the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> now what do I do? Fuck. I'm going to stand here with my dollar. Fuck. I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to wait it out. I will win wait. this transaction. Watch me. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent yes. So, so yes, dear listener, she might not have tipped for a non-existent um housekeeping housekeeping but she never absolutely tipped, tipped housekeeping still didn't yep she tipped twice when it came to the gingerbread deliverers <clears throat> that being said my apology comes here oh to my friend hindi my friend brandy and my friend michelle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i brought back <gasps> gingerbread cookies for the three of you <laughs> i know where this is going already my intentions were superb, mm-hmm. were unmatched. And now were my in- intestines are full. <laughs> I am so sorry, especially with Amy's wildly accurate description of the joy. Bitch, that you ain't getting no cookies. Cookie. She had to drive seven hours to get these fucking yum yums. Amy, I bought, I'm just going to say, more than a dozen. <laughs> to distribute among these three families these three couples and i have to tell you that sticker on the outside of the box (laughs) stood no chance and it wasn't a paper sticker that you could put your nail in and slide across it's a plastic sticker that you had to unstick from either side of the box it's like a peel it up thing and it's a heavy wax box not like a bakery box bright blue which doesn't really match anything that they're doing so I kind of don't get it oh my sweet lord not like Mike's in Boston where they tie it with that little that little cord so you can get in there and people don't really know what you've been doing and just tie it up you could sneak in a flap yeah 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 yeah. not so with the yum yum not so (laughs) our first pass husband and I got three cookies before three cookies and these were dessert cookies we got three thinking I fully believe and they call them small because they had larger ones. So we got three small cookies thinking we'll probably each have a cookie and then maybe sh- have one later. Okay, so as we were still wiping, later. wiping the ginger from our cheeks Drool. in the front lot of the yum yum. Like we hadn't even left the place, right? The air still thick with ginger hanging on you. We're both looking at this little wax bag like, I think... I think I need to pull rank. Like, how am I going to get in here? Is this like a gender thing? Like, women go first. I need to get this something, right? And he's looking, and we're we're doing the thing where we look in the bag, and we look at each other, and then we look around, and then we look at the bag, and then we look at. We need a full meal. This was a dessert, and we were he elbowed we were ready you to in the face to get to the, the bag. Yeah. And then with, it, it didn't take too long because we've been married a long time. We're like in half, okay, in half. So then it comes the thing where who's gonna fucking rip it in half? And then who gets to pick from them halves? And then is it how going to be? Should we just go buy some more? Like, yes, that is the answer. Yeah. Fill the bag. Yeah, we return. There's the issue <laughs> because we return. The issue is if you are splitting a gingerbread man, <laughs> clearly when you are eating, 
the Easter bunny, the gingerbread man. The head goes first. I guess Easter bunny, the ears go first. The head goes first. The primary place. Nobody wants you to cannot eat the fucking stomp legs. Come on. <laughs> I did. I will take them right now. You could break him in half down his center because he folds. My gingerbread it's don't just, wiggle, it's wiggle. It's poor folds. form. It's poor form. You can't. I think the but reality you've already is taken his built, head off. It's not built for sharing. Go get your own. <laughs> it's not built for sharing. <laughs> gingerbread men, the soft one, it's just not built for sharing. It's Milford. You could definitely divide it in two. Like you take two cookies, I take two mm-hmm, cookies, mm-hmm. but you can't. Yep. Three was a stupid number. Is the moral of this yep, story yep. when ordering cookies? What were you thinking? This place is, is the so answer. spectacular. They had a sign on the door. All of the whole area is having a hard time keeping kids around to do regular jobs, and most of the homes tend to be second homes. It's on a lake, so. They're regularly stores that were closed and said, we will open if we get staff. So it's like, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, what was that? Well, it was after Labor Day in a lake town, right? So It is possible that we will be closed on right. Saturday due to staffing yes, issues. Our I'm kitchen like, service is dependent upon who shows up. Please be kind. Like all those kinds of signs cook. are everywhere. Right. So at the Yum Yum Bakery, they had a help wanted sign for an ice cream scooper. Because the Yum Yum Bakery is a bunch of baked goods in the front, donuts, cookies, pastries, and then ice cream, right? It's Yum Yum Shop. So that's kind of what it is. And it's mm. right on the lake with a dock behind it and Adirondack chairs in the front so you can sit and watch things go by. Super charming, wonderful. It's the place to be. And they're hiring now for $18 an hour, including 12 paid days off per year and health care. Wait for it. Yeah. Health care. Health care. $18 an hour to scoop a ice cream, go to the doctor and fucking take a day off. What? I would lit. I would work there a in a fucking heartbeat. I would work there in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. There are some jobs that I don't feel I could take because uh, the same way when I look at the University of Delaware 2026 graduate parent page and they say stupid, stupid, stupid shit, and I want to tear them new assholes. My husband says, "Please don't." <laughs> I'm this is tied I'm a, to you. Yeah. And you are I am tied a pillar yep. in this community and I cannot have my wild card wife community. doing this shit out there in the world. So every card I, do I not. address to you fuckers from now on is going pillar. to be to the pillar of the community, comma. Oh my god, the kids and I have been calling him the pillar for at least fifteen years. Hey-o. Hey, hey pillar, can you get me a drink while you're up? Absolutely, he's the pillar. Oh my god. Heaven and, heaven and if he were a lesser human, like he would get high with me or anything like that, he couldn't be called that. But that is a straight as an arrow man who is a pillar in this community. I have been so fascinated by the $18 an hour job promotion for ice cream scooper at the lake that it's been a topic of conversation among several different, you know, groups of folks I know. And I, I will it. come back here only to say, because one group has said, isn't that fantastic? Everybody should make this much or more. And on on one level, I was like, yeah, that's a that's a great perspective. That's not that wasn't my initial perspective. Thank you for the reminder. Right. I didn't say any of that, but that's where my brain went. Here's the reason that I'm stunned that eighteen dollars an hour is the going rate for Lakeside Ice Cream Scooper. It comes to mind that accredited EMTs who are tasked with saving your life make seventeen dollars an hour. And I just feel like the comparative skill set is a little out of whack 
for someone wielding a stainless steel ice cream scoop or an EKG machine or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Cardiac hearts and starters. I don't even know what it's fucking called. I can make you an ice cream cone. I can't save your life. Come on now. Come on now. But you could get paid more. I got to be honest. I think after what they just made from me on my three passes in four hours. Bingo. That's a bingo. They have the money to pay you $18 an hour. And down the street. So uh, so the reality is I think ice cream scoopers, if we're paying them $18, then I think EMTs should be getting, you know, $800. Like that's the point. I don't feel like we need to cheat the ice cream scooper, but I just do want the guys and gals who are having a higher skill level and requirement and liability and risk to get rewarded. And then let's come all the way back to it. Mr. Frank Furter, there was a full-size, a human-size hot dog standing up along the dock a couple of blocks down. Burlob Squad, you could see a picture. He's squeezing ketchup on his own head. It's a, it's a good trick, okay? So it's a giant plexiglass Oscar Mayer style. Oscar Mayer style. Oscar Mayer style. Oscar Mayer style. It's America Mayer. You're joking. You just stroked out and we're joking about oh, it. Just, <laughs> Are you okay? Just Tosh stroke. Come back tomorrow. Okay. So I have an Oscar. He had an Oscar Mayer style. Try it again, bitch. Hot dog. <laughs> he has a hot dog and he's squeezing ketchup on his own head. And he's made of fiberglass, not plexiglass. That's it. He's made of fiberglass. You can't and see And he's got a wonderful little look on his face and he has a, you know, distinguishable nose. Like all the things hot dogs don't have. So he's doing this <laughs> and he's right next to the hot dog cart. Who's, who gets I paid think, $24 I, dollars an hour. Not. I feel like the man's <laughs> name is Frank, the guy who was running this cart. <laughs> so then we heard the sad news when we were eating lunch up the street. Yeah, Frank's going to have to shut down that cart. It's not coming. This is the last year for Frank. Is he still there? Because it's Labor Day. And after Labor Day, Frank puts his cart up in the in the garage and doesn't come out again. Because it's New Hampshire and shit fucking snows. And nobody comes here to scoop the ice cream. That's why we pay so much. All right. So Frank's son doesn't want to run the heart dog cart anymore. And the thing squeezing ketchup on his head is inanimate, so that's not going to do it. So there's nobody to give it to. <laughs> so he's got this institution at the lake. You can't get a hot dog anymore. Cause She's right. They talked about it. It's an institution. It. like, isn't that sad? We don't get hit. Now we can't have nice things. No more hot dog. Because these damn lazy kids won't come and get paid $60,000 a year to stand out <laughs> in the heat on a dock and put a hot hot dog in a sad bun and hand it to you. Whose kids are going to get hot dog experiences? Nobody now. What if you found out that Frank's son is going to medical school and that's why he doesn't want to take over for his dad? Is that enough of a reason? No. Suck it up, Frank's son. Can't you find somebody to work this in the part-time? Can't you hire somebody? Can't you take it? It's your father's dream. How'd you get to go to medical school if not on the hard casing back of your father stuffed up with meat parts and pig snouts? This was a long road for him. Hot dogs made your life possible, Frank Jr. You can't pedal the bike one summer? Fuck off. I have to be wildly honest. You're thinking of the end of an institution, and I'm thinking of, can I buy that enormous hot dog to put on I my front about, lawn? I thought about it. I, thought, I didn't think about buying that hot <laughs> okay. dog. I thought about I could be a small business vendor. How hard is it for me to get a hot dog? Like, really? If everybody loved the hot, like, what's the over-under on a hot dog cart with, with the freestanding ketchup? And everybody wanted to take picture with the tall fiberglass Maya man, whatever his name was, right? That's, you need to have a hot dog when you're at the lake. You're standing there. Or, or get organic. Start selling some fucking chia bowls. And now all of a sudden, hot dogs no longer cost, you know, $2. The chia bowls like $97. And people will pay it because they're fucking healthy.
right? Dina had a chia bowl for breakfast when we were together. They looked amazing. But she, it was, hey guys, did you ever, dear listener, have you tried chia pudding? You know how you put chia in milk or in overnight? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that's the same fucking thing. So, so it sits overnight and it becomes this thick pudding and kind of like grape nuts Mm -hmm. when you pour milk into grape nuts it becomes uh, mortar. <laughs> it becomes horoset uh, like This is a very Jewy episode for me. It becomes like, like you can set stones in this. Mm-hmm. And she took three bites and carried it around the rest of the day. And I thought, you're going to need to throw that out now. It's 85 degrees out here and that can't still I, be I'm, good. I'm interested that you tracked her carrying that too because I was sort of impressed and also... I found it quizzical that she was still carrying the banana pudding bowl in her pocket. It's because I thought, <laughs> I thought, what you doing? Where are you, you going to go with that? What's happening now? I'm totally with her. She's six bites in, and now it's like lead in her stomach. It's delicious, but how much more can you know I what? put She's in? She's a gefilte fish eating gal. She can handle it. Her stomach must be like. Do you remember steel. that? I, how could I forget it? How gefilte fish? Could I forget it? In a can with a can opener on the top. Comes guys. in a glass jar, like pickles in a glass jar. Not this feel like gefilte fish that Dina had. She had a tin can. Now we're doing a best of episode because we actually did a whole episode of when she ate this shit, and we'll find it. And I, I'm lying that I'll find it and put it in the show notes and tell you where to we'll get it. We'll redirect but the, you, but the well, you can because I'm not. She's gonna gross. Go back. But here's the thing: as I said in that show, <laughs> I need to repeat. Representing the goy present here, I didn't even know. What I didn't even know how to pronounce it for the bulk of my life, seeing it in the supermarket, I was like, "What is gel feet fish? What is that?" And then I came to learn it, that's it's perfect. It's not gel feet fish, but it could be when you learn what it is. It's perfect because gefilte fish is actually I've to oversimplify and quicken this up. It's like a it's like a wet fish meatball that's floating in its own sadness. So they carp like all these fish so they, floating in a gel of its own sadness. <laughs> so take some ground up fish, moosh it no. into an orb, no, submerge it in the Vile. tears of your ancestors, yes. and then leave it in the basement for several generations. Crack the top of that thing. You know, it's like the well of souls. You open the top and then whoa, imagine the smell. I can't even because I've never been around it. So that's where we start. And it's in a glass jar, so it looks like a floating brain. You can see in there what you're getting ready to get. It's exactly what it looks okay. like. In gel. Gel right. feet fish. So sister wife decides she's going to open up from the bomb shelter or something. They were eating like spaceman food. They had they had some. They had, 100% they accurate. They had like some kind of cache of food, and they thought, it's getting ready to expire. The, apoc- the bunker food. The apocalypse has not come. Let's eat it. And I'm thinking... Maybe the gift is that the apocalypse didn't come, so we don't have to eat it. So she did this thing, videotaping her, because we were teasing her. It was a buffet can of gefilte fish. And buffet as in a hotel-sized buffet. It was so fucking gross. So picture your torso. That's the size, that's the width, the girth of this can (laughs) that she's trying. It took maybe 40 seconds for the can opener to to round the circumference of the can. To get all the way around. open it, right? And then even she was taken aback when the tuna-sized lid opened up and the fork went in. And this was like room temp. Like, I'm not sure if you're supposed to cook it or freeze it or, or I don't know, like clothespin you nose it. Or what do you do? 
No, it's from the refrigerator. It's refrigerated. Okay. Th- I mean, it's not when it's on the shelf. Yeah, this <laughs> the was supermarket. Not, this was. This was she put it in her mouth and ate it and there was a little hand that goes up to the mouth and then the chewing continued with the hand covering the chewing and the eyeballs told the story and it's a lot it's i'm getting a trauma response just remembering it i'm gonna stop <laughs> so i just got the heebie and the jeebies so my question is this we're shocked that she carried mung pudding around with her <laughs> for the first 40 minutes I get it. Oh if God. something's delicious, and I'm this still is the holding best on to and that. Simultaneously, the hottest woman you will ever meet. I have been on vacations with her where strangers came up and took her fucking picture while we were eating lunch together. I don't know if they thought she was famous or she was just that good. They looking. definitely think and she's I'm like, she has what that the look. Fuck, man, you just don't come up on Lady Gaga while she's eating her corn rye. Get out. So anyway, so 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 she she's you could trust her when she wants to eat some weird shit because whatever she's eating, it's working. I'm just saying. She's been on vacation with other members of our group and her top has flown off while on the catamaran and and people swarm. She's one to cause a swarm (laughs) and still do not trust her judgment on the what you call it? Gel fish? Gel feet fish. Gel feet fish. That's how it's spelled. And if you don't know what it is, like what's a gel feet? And I honestly for a good long time, I thought gel feet was like saying mackerel, tuna, cod. I'm like, what's a gel feet? Because you would say tuna I've never fish. caught one of those at the lake Cod before. Fish, gel feet fish. And then they're like, gefilte fish. And I'm like, okay, well, what's a gefilte fish? And they're like, it's not a fish. It's fucking white fish that we've cobbled together into something like a food. And now we sadly Like eat a it. food. <laughs> and then we put it in the bunker for 27 it's years. Hard news, man. You, I feel like you guys go out of your way culinarily to remind yourself that shit sucked. Like you're just not letting it go. It's not just culinarily. How many make how many fasting nice. days? Just make it nice. It's nice <laughs> now. Or also keep making it nice and forget the not forget the bad stuff. But it's like I don't know. It it's like you want to grab onto it and say it's a beat. Here's a reminder. Let's keep eating beets. Who's gonna eat the fucking beets? And now we'll get a reader write in and say I love beets. I eat beets all the time. Beets are delicious. A and lot of people love beets. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people love beets. Dear listener, don't be mad at her. Um, what have we learned today, dear listener? <laughs> the best form of giving is giving anonymously. There is a light at the end of the tunnel if you have small children. Uh, we would like to hear stories from you, dear listener. Please write us. Uh, why do I even ask? Please write us <laughs> at brilliantobservations at gmail or gmail.com. <laughs> you could find us and the picture of that big wiener who is lubing down his forehead with ketchup on Brillob Squad on Facebook or Brilliant Observations. That'll take you there on Facebook. Or Listen Brilliant on Instagram. We've been posting some pictures. You heard Amy talk about sitting on a splintery-ass bench in a camp in a stunning uh, silk dress. You can see that silk dress right there, right there on Instagram or Facebook. We did take some pictures here comes another apology. We did eat pizza together, <gasps> my fine feathered friends. Oh my god! We did not take a picture. At this wedding, there was a stone pizza oven outside, and gourmet pizzas were being slipped into levels of a rack every eight minutes as they were prepared with this yummy salad. And as said, "Oh yeah, we don't even have to go to town for pizza because when we go to town, it's all about the gingerbread man." It was like so, it was like being in out of Africa because you were in this incredibly how did we get here space, and then magically the 
pop-up tables were covered in white linen with milk glass jars of and cut crystal and proper china and beautiful, unique, individual, hand-stitched linen napkins. Like, everything was just pris- Perfect. pristine. All of the flowers came from, like, family members' yards, and they didn't look... I say that as if... You know, oh, how charming. No, they looked like they came from the world's best hothouse. And instead it was like, oh, well, it was super creepy because I was standing next to the to the sister who said, yes, those came from my bush. And I'm like, you know what? We're not going to say that again. Let's not take credit for the flowers some other way. I said, in this group, you got some nerve using a phrase like that. <laughs> in this group of women, she said, I felt it come out of my mouth and I regretted I it the and second I'm here it did. Now and let's go. <laughs> yes, that's that's what weddings are about. Sorry. Guys. Yeah, it's fantastic. It was it was super high low. It was fantastic. Right. Lovely. Really lovely. feel like it was a family wedding, mm-hmm. which just added to it because we know her family right. and we are her family. Right. And it's just it's so Family weddings are the best, especially when you're not paying for them. They are the best. 31 years I've known this woman. So, and probably 29 years I've known this man. So, and they made this girl and now she's married. And I've been on vacation with her too. So now what? Maybe we'll go on the honeymoon. I'm being gross. We're done. Everybody looked at the next kid in that family uh-uh. and was like, you're next. I'm like, leave her the fuck alone. No. Yeah. <laughs> like Everybody leave her the fuck alone. Right. I've got a 20 year old and now they're sort of looking over and I'm like, look somewhere else. Nope. 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 <laughs> at their own pace. Leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. Thank you. Love you. Bye. The, one of the greatest parts of of this this couple's union is they've been together for seven years. And that's not really common. I feel like there's, all right, we've met. All right, we've this, we've that. We've lived together for seven months. It's time to get engaged. And a year from now, it's never been. We've known each other, been together, circled each other for seven years. We've seen the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs. Like that's a gift. So that was also just so great. Leave your kids alone. Let them find it on their own. Sit like me with stars in your eyes and think, maybe one day it'll come to us. Uh, okay, so Brian, sorry, I had to throw one in. It wasn't you, it was me. We have on the board a morning routine. Did you witness something that threw you? Well, I had the opportunity to go to Dallas and basically participate in some professional activities with a bunch of friends. That threw me in the path of folks I had only met for the first time. One of my favorites was Jen, who told me her parents are hilarious, how I did the gefilte fish, right? How I did the gel feet fish. She says, my parents, it's my favorite thing. I'm always getting these texts. Her parents always fuck things up and send her um, text trying to ask what, oh, what's a Latinx? Jenny, what's a Latinx? And she's like, Latin X? Well, let me help you, mom. <laughs> There's no Latinx. So all kinds of stuff like this. So just chatting. In our spare moments, one of the young members of this professional group with which we were assembled was talking through her life and what was going on for her, as you do, chit-chat. She said, and I'm really, really happy I finally settled on the perfect three-hour morning routine, and it grounds me. Thank you for the eyeballs. Thank you for the eye roll. I just let her keep- What? Yes. The perfect three-hour morning routine. What? My brain had a little short circuit, but in professional mode, I just eyes, eyes, and blink, blink, eyes and blink, eyes blink. and mouth, smiling, 
Eyes and mouth smiling. <laughs> Listen, I nodded. Interesting. Got it. Blink, blink, and the blink. The three-hour daily morning routine includes journaling, journaling, and stretching. <sighs> and I'm sure there's some sort of oat-derived liquid product, like all of it's the things. chia pudding. No, it's chia pudding and, in oat milk. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and she even said something along the lines of, you know boyfriend this that and the other and I really settled into this fantastic three-hour morning routine and it really grounds me and this and that and I'm like I don't what boyfriend how can you have another human in your life if you're spending three hours rising each day and and there's not like an hour and 15 minutes of that that's devoted to some activity like I just feel like I feel like this is I feel like this needs to be evaluated that's a lot of okay. hours. That's a lot of hours for cognition to kick in. Speaking as someone whose cognition does not regularly kick in in the morning. But there's nothing I can do to jumpstart it. So I don't just wait. I don't write things down in a book. Come on. What am I missing? Is this just youth? I, I absolutely think it's youth. I mean, going back to the weekend. It's youth. All of it's youth. Who has fucking three hours? I guess I do now. But who has three hours to dedicate to, what'd she say, rising? Like a morning routine? Well, we were together at a trade show staffing and promoting at- Who else heard this? At a booth. Oh, I don't- It wasn't that kind of a thing. I think the two of us were engaged in conversation. We were the first at the booth in the morning- and I was there before her. I feel like I was at the booth at 8.30. I don't think it opened until 9.30. I don't remember if I have those, whatever. I was there before I was supposed to be there, not by much. And I was just there. So when she arrived in the morning time, at the time she was supposed to arrive, in casual conversation it came up that she has a delightful and cherished three-hour morning routine. And I'm looking at her thinking, what the fuck time did you get up? Because you're here now. So it's like, what you been doing? Right? Maybe we're talking about my hair or I didn't take time to dry. I don't remember what the fuck or how it even came up. It could have come up based on nothing. It could have been me, 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 me. I don't know. I just was stunned. Three hours is shocking. Good. Because the first thing that I did was think to myself, I don't even have a morning routine, dot, dot, dot. Period. Immediate right. thought, that's what's wrong with me. And then I thought, how the fuck am I going to spend, what am I going to do for three hours? It means I got to exercise. I probably have to... I don't know. It just seemed like a lot of work. I don't know, man. I do you want to do you want to hit that with the I think that's what's wrong with me concept because I clearly see that's what's wrong with her. I immediately thought of you, and I thought Melissa's got a morning routine. She probably not for three hours. I, I thought I'm the only one who doesn't get it. I'm the only one who doesn't get it because this girl has it, and she's you know got an apartment in New York and a boyfriend, and she's got an oat drink, and you know her pant size is great and all the things and obviously life is is making it happen for her and Melissa exercises and she's you know all of her things are going well for her and so I was thinking maybe everybody really does have a three-hour morning routine and she's just claiming it she's just naming it and then I thought I just immediately go to the information I've been presented is valid and correct and so if it doesn't jibe with me I'm the problem like that's where my brain goes every time I get new information so it was gratifying to actually hear you say and look on your face like my no. heart did when I heard it, which is no. you fucking crazy. That was so. Thank you for the you fucking crazy eyeballs. She fucking crazy. <laughs> there's there's three. I mean, how self indulgent are you kind that you take that way, three hours? But is it? I mean, honestly, to be a human before you can add to the world, like wh what? 
you pick up your phone immediately when you wake up and you're like, is there a crisis I need to fix right now? Whether you are an independent practitioner, a physician, a stay-at-home mom, you what fires do I need to put? None. I can pee now. Peeing, brushing teeth, and for normal people that are in intermittent fasting, that's the only routine I have, avoiding the kitchen. I fed the dogs. I mean, is that part of my morning routine, feeding the dogs? Well, there's a a whole thing that I struggle to adhere to, and I want to. I believe it. I don't practice it, which is create before you consume. So that the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is not pick up your phone and consume information, is not pick up a drink and consume coffee. Create something. Create energy. Create calm. Create an idea. Create a thought. Create a piece of art. Create. Do something before I don't think I can do that. Create before you consume, right? And so the thinking there is before you allow your phone, in my case, to dictate the terms of your day by barrage of email that now your brain is in email mode, by social media and or news and now your brain is in those modes. Instead, to wake up in the morning and direct your thoughts to the tune of, I will create my plan for the day. I will create what I'm going to do today. I will spend... 15 minutes brushing my teeth and in the shower thinking about topics that I choose or about the activities and goals that I have for this day, this week, this life, as opposed to what in the world was she wearing and how does she look that good at the Emmys last night, right? Which is, it pulls me in a direction and then I stay in that direction. So their idea is like, before you decide to do that, create for yourself. So maybe create is a bit of a misnomer, but. So when I heard three hour morning routine, I thought, here's a girl who gets it. Look at her. She's making it happen. Maybe that's what being, I presume, in your 20s is about. I, I don't know how old she was. I, if I had to guess, I would say 20s, but I, she could have said, you know, I'm 43. Like, I don't fucking know. So in any event, she seemed young enough to be in her 20s. And frankly, with sentences like three-hour morning routine, she would have to be in her 20s. Because who the fuck, right? Well, we saw them all at this wedding. We saw them all at this campfire wedding. They were so lovely, though. They were. I guarantee you, if we said three-hour morning routine, we would get a chorus of "Good for you," nodding wow. heads, and how to, that's great. What discipline? That's lovely. Blah 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 blah. There's this priority on self. Yeah. Yeah, they wake up and with priority on self, they stretch. They do. I wake up and stretch because I can't get the fuck out of bed right. unless I stretch. Right. So I'm like a spider, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to de-curl myself so that the limbs will work and support my body weight. Surprise, they won't. So I try to do it. Yeah, three hours. Surprise. Three hours. Three hours. I mean, that's super crazy self-indulgent. I am all for self-care. Three hours a day of self-care seems like... I'm still trying to figure out. Are you caring for anything else? I don't don't know what self-care is. Besides yourself. I thought I had a handle on it and then I lost it. So I gotta, I gotta, I still have to learn that. It, it was a concept that became I became aware of at the beginning of COVID and throughout COVID. And I'm, I'm still trying to learn it. And these are not jokes. This is as if no, no, the thing, I, hear I would you. say I would say 98 percent of what I say is not jokes. I'm not intending to be funny. Things come out of my mouth and people laugh. And then I realize after it said, oh, that was funny. Like, I don't, I'm not actively trying to put on a skit here. So I feel like I have to qualify. But quite frankly, I really still am learning self-care. And it's a problem because my whole life was unwittingly to me anti-self-care. And I still haven't cracked it. It doesn't seem like it should be that fucking hard, but it is. 
Well, you did have and can restart any minute your massage oh, yeah. credits at the you have to bring that back and that's a good because physical contact that's like the first that's a great to way to start I'm too embarrassed to go I stopped going for massage for just a schedule conflict which happens from time to time the, the guy that I see is very popular and like a hairstylist once you get out of the rotation it's a long time before you can get back in and in that long period of time a thought occurred to me and now I'm so self-conscious I don't want to go back I just don't want to go back and I have to get over it. It's a body thing. I've never had that before. I've never, ever had it. It just occurred to me that somehow it. I only realized I'm totally naked on this thing with the flimsiest of sheets that the sheet doesn't actually hide anything. So, like, he massages through the sheet. Like, it's he's a dude, so maybe there's some sort of, like, if it's your calf or your your leg or something he'll move the sheet but for the for the rest of the and the back he takes it down and stuff like this but you know for the most part the sheet is there helping everybody out right and now I'm like but that sheet isn't really doing anything and then I was like holy fuck I'm not going back in there because he's a dude and it's the first time I've gone to a dude instead of a woman right and now I just feel really like I don't know it's reverse Lizzo like I don't get off I don't want you on there that's gross so and I know I need to go I'm in physical pain and he's the only one can fix it but I'm not going. Not going. Um, is that for up for debate? Is that what am I supposed to? Just... What am I supposed to do? It's a very thin sheet. So when I'm laying flat on my back, what the hell? Can, <laughs> can somebody drive you there and drive you home, and you take a Xanax before you go, and then after a while you'll just associate that with being calm and? Oh, I don't think it's about that. Are you telling me that this is stupid? You have to go and get over it. That's... Yeah, I mean, you just have, there's something, a barrier that's standing in the way of you taking care of yourself. It's There's a barrier standing in the way of me learning to swim. It's fear. There's a barrier learning, uh, standing in the way of you taking care of yourself. As, I as don't need usual, to swim. You need to take care usual, of yourself. As usual. You are way too generous. You learning to swim is in no way comparable, and the fear that that represents to me not wanting to be on flat on my back with only a sheet covering flaps and rolls of my body that I'm now aware of that I sort of either wasn't thinking about before and or are larger now. And I just, I've, it's so strange because my body is my body. I'm pretty sure he's seen it and knows what it is. And also, I don't care what he thinks and of it. And does this for a living. And at this, all of these things. And then magically, something snapped in me where I was like, it's a safety thing. It's like, I somehow don't feel safe. I don't think anything is going to happen. But I, it's not safe. I feel judged. All of a sudden, I feel like there was some sort of snicker going on or that just the professional veil of I never thought of him as a person I thought of him as my muscle worker somebody who was making it possible for me to walk as your therapist and then I, maybe what happened is as we really got to know each other and chatting and things then somehow gradually he became a person to me and I'm like now you're someone I know get off like it's just it just okay something. well I can see that relationship change but other than that right. well what I'm hearing well and my body has changed dramatically too and in the amount of time that I also have notably not gone back but what I'm hearing you say is it's a get over it situation and I'm, I'm used to being unhappy and doing it anyway so that's not I don't need a Xanax I'll just lump go. it 
Yeah. I, I think I think that's the beginning of that. I know. Even if that's my life. That I can do all day long. Oh, get over it. I could do Remove that. Yeah. my satisfaction and instead make it happen. Bingo. I'm there. But what you're making happen is for your, I'm not going to say satisfaction, but benefit. Like, mm-hmm. so it's, yes, you're removing your satisfaction, a concept with which you are wildly familiar. Yes, if it's not going to be pleasurable, forward, got it. That I can do. I got that. But afterwards, <laughs> you will reap benefits from it. Yeah, I somehow the whole pleasure thing, it's like it's it's off. It's way too far in one direction. Balance. Balance is such a fucking bitch. All right. Sick of that. I don't even know. I don't understand it. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. Got it. I think it's important. You probably also have like a bank of them that you need to use. Oh, many. Before many, restarting many. your membership many, in many, the first many, place. Many, 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 right. many, many, many. Mm-hmm. You could even try a couple's. And make like a giggle out of it. Maybe like do a couple's massage. <sighs> nah. Mm-mm. Okay. We've yeah. had that. Be- we've had that before. It doesn't really. You've had couples massages. It's not what you think it is. It's not. It's, it's not, not what at you all think it is. It's two people being very being relaxed with two extra people who are not involved. And awkward. then you're so there's nothing going to happen. What are we magically going to have a four way? I don't know you, Juan. Do you stop? I don't need this to happen. Come on. I don't know. The the couple's massage we had, my guy was was Juan. Okay? He was very short. No. It's your second male masseur. Yeah, but that was just on vacation. And I also had Brad. So I feel like I've had a lot of them. But in any event. <laughs> I like the sound of all of it. I've had a hey, lot. Um, do you give a shit? <clears throat> I mean, other than it being sad that someone died, that the queen's out? I do. Long live her douchebag son. I... <gasps> Melissa. You and my good friend, Marnie, would be such good friends. It's good news that you are great <laughs> friends and have been for 30 years. So here's the Who thing. Who gives a shit? She is so down on the monarchy as an institution, right? This goes to the whole thing where it's like, I just think it's asinine. It's stupid. No one is declared by God to have all the money. This is totally corrupt and stupid and dumb. And I don't, who cares? It's not only who cares, but abolish it right now. Right. Then her wife is sitting there like, well, I don't know about all that, but I just have a real problem with Camilla because he got divorced and she knows Lisa is the most conservative, uh, liberal person you've ever met in your life. Like it's very, very weirdly charming. Right. So she's definitely got the standard. You got divorced? Tough beans. You out. Don't give me this queen consort shit. You a whore and you're going to stay a whore, which is what you, you broke started. broke up a marriage. You broke right. up a marriage? Guess what, Camilla? You out. Fuck. And you. Fuck you walking. Meanwhile, I went into this whole thing with my kids because they were making the queen is dead jokes. And I'm like, well, first of all, we're not going to do that. Okay? Number one. And it's just the younger kid with his friends. It wasn't, you know. So... And then I said, they were like, what does it even matter? Who does that? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, let's compare it culturally to something we have in America that you're not even aware how a part of your life it is until we start to break it down. And I just picked something off the top of my head and actually held up. I was like, look at Hollywood. Look at the stars, right? Look at our entire cultural system of the film and television industry in Hollywood. People associate that with America. We are leaders of the world. We are the pinnacle of that industry and as an institution. What would happen if there was no Hollywood, if there were no stars, if there were no Oscars, if there was no any culture surrounding the quintessentially American aspect of storytelling in the way that we do it globally, right? People fly here to walk down streets 
where we've changed the pavement to recognize, you know, actors who are now celebrities. Dead, right. Right. We take tours by car and by bus to go into the places where these things are shot. Right. We pay tickets to sit in audiences just to watch. And guess what? In many ways, that's what the ceremonial cultural tourism aspect of the monarchy does for England. It is a symbol. It is a romantic storytelling vehicle. It is a part of history. We paid tickets to look at the crown jewels, right? We went to the amusement park of all of their castles and kingdoms, right? We watched the changing of the guard. We paid attention when people get married or what they wear or when they did do all these sorts of things. So there's an economic reality of the figurehead. Those are all by choice, right? Those are Hollywood, you pay by choice, you foreigners, us, we go there and we pay by choice. There's also a mandatory, we don't have a mandatory pay into this family and our taxes for, for Hollywood and celebrities. That's oh, not. I completely agree. It's a function of the state. It's a function of the state that this is taking. Well, because I like and I always like in the monarchy to politics and our modern day politics, but it seemed like a bridge too far to talk with, you know, these freshmen in high school who could barely want to talk to me, talk to me anyway. At all, right. My, I, I guess the point is, let's, I've, and the conversation started with, let's say that the monarchy, because they was like, what's even the purpose? And I say, okay, let's say it has no purpose, that there's zero function or purpose. All right, well, maybe there is a purpose. There's an economic purpose. There's a cultural purpose. There's a historical purpose. There is a tourism purpose. There's all the, you know what I'm saying? There's a national interest purpose. How much attention are we giving to the United Kingdom solely on the basis of this governance structure. And it's not, we know that, the, that they're not the ones pulling the strings, right? But Correct. in any event, I, I still, I like the idea, the idea of the monarchy. I like it to continue. I get that it is fundamentally corrupt, that they have done very, very terrible things. I'm an American. We know from terrible things. We're doing right. it right now. So, I mean, I We're get not- all that shit. Yeah. But- and especially with, with Prince Tickle Dick, whatever the fuck he was doing, and all the bad things. What, which one? Why are you making an ugly face? Are you talking about, oh, Andrew? Yeah. Are you talking about Andrew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't even want Charles where he is because he's, he's, all right. So most of my information of the royal family. Comes from Hollywood. <laughs> comes from, well, comes from history books, right? So like. The crazy ones of of off with her head, like crazy ones sure. from the past, um, and and the show The Crown when it comes to judging, you know, our love of Princess Diana and God help us, King Charles the Third. I, I just I have no. I just think he's an asshole. So well, I, you know, I from what I've read and seen fictionalized accounts of his life and I've taken it to be the absolute fact as if I was there I totally the agree law. well I feel like okay. he's more of a oh here comes the hate more of a victim than anything else but I will say this I know I know a victim of the machine are you talking or a victim of, of we're talking what? about Prince like Charles we're talking about Prince we're talking Charles about King Charles yes we are oh sorry we're talking about princely King Charles so yeah I feel <laughs> that he was he was a yeah, he was a victim of a system and a familial situation and a time period where he didn't get what he needed. And so of course it came out in some really spectacularly obvious bad choices and psychological breaks. I think it's 
it's informed by the fact that I am a Italian Roman Catholic, right? And so my whole deal is buying into, cherishing, taking comfort from, aggrandizing, and romanticizing some systems and histories that are fucked. So I'm okay with it. I mean, I super get like <laughs> all these people the are Pope? doing all these people are doing the wrong thing for as far back as you can fucking go, and they are my people. And guess what? I could be mad at them, but you can't, right? So I mean, part of it oh, is, is that like I can call my mom a bitch, but you can't. I guess. Cause I guess you can. <laughs> okay. I guess. I, so I I think that there's a complicated and so for Marnie, who went to school in places taught by my peoples, right? And she who used to beat her with her, rulers. Put her, well, they beat me with a ruler too. Put her fist in the air and said, "Fuck you!" Why are you making that face? I've told you that before. It wasn't beat; just hit a couple times. So oh she put God. her fist. Well, I didn't know my times tables. P.S. Jews, I still Jews don't. don't tolerate <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> it was just a it was just a swat with a ruler on my knuckles. So Jews don't tolerate shit like that. Yeah, I don't feel like Catholics do either, but we just don't tolerate it in the form of we talk about it in different ways, and then you know suddenly that nun is in a different parish. Like I really wish there was a different way of handling it than the way things are handled. But then the shell game right, that <laughs> then the priest who maybe is getting a little too close with that person. Oh, he's not here anymore. So, but yeah, shouldn't he be nowhere? In any event, back to Marnie with her fist in the air at this parochial school, not taking it, not sitting in the class like a young girl doing her time. And she knows her fucking timetables. She's a CP fucking A or whatever the fuck she is. She's a big old mathy in charge of all the people's money, right? And what do I she do? Is. I can't even use my calculator, right? I still think it's the clock. So I got problems that she doesn't have. And I bought into the structures and the systems that don't serve me. And she said, fuck you enough so who's the who's the victor here i guess the monarchy's gotta go i'm done she's convinced me i guess the monarchy's gotta go she wins i think marnie could pretty much convince you to do anything fair or, fair valid fair, fair fair enough dear listener we had a great weekend uh we're grateful to be able to share it with you we would love to hear from you do you hate us do you love <laughs> us we are going to move our merch to a more accessible location for you Fuck because it seems our yep. it seems our previous uh, merch location has decided that my be kind of a bitch shirt was not worthy of having any longer. So we're going to leave you. I'm not even going to say the name of the company again. And Amy is going to find a new place for us to land. <laughs> Hold your breath, she kids. Has, yeah. It's it's going to be on her three-hour morning care routine. The, so the quick, that's what she's going to figure out. The quick news is we are super fucking down. We are not down with censorship. So fuck you, economic engine that facilitated providing our merch to people who wanted to pay for it and subsidize its production. We're going to find some new way to make that happen where we can say all the swear words that we like. And you guys really were there so often buying the merch. I know it's going to be disruptive for you. But we will do what we can to lessen that inconvenience for your chronic and addictive shopping habit. So I do have one for t-shirts, chronic and addictive. I like chronic and I'm addicted. And I found a t-shirt that I loved and I bought it in two sizes because I want Amy to have it as well. So oh, nice. It just arrived and I'm, I'm going to mail it out maybe today. Oh, maybe today. Hello. I like it. Look out, North Carolina. Something, something's coming your way. We love you. 
we would love to hear from you unless it's judgy and then you can save that for a family member which is where it really belongs then you can send all of that feedback to brilliant observations at yahoo.net <laughs> which is not our address <laughs> i wonder if it is someone thank you so much for listening we love you okay.